Welcome to Faith Restructured. I'm Cole. And I'm Mike. Here we cover topics on faith, deconstruction, and reconstruction. We discuss books that have helped us through the process, and we'll interview some friends and experts along the way. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Faith Restructured. I just hijacked (laughs) the intro from Cole because he's being indecisive. So... Not being Welcome back at all. Just got for hijacked. another episode. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of Faith Restructured. My name is Cole. I'm here with Mike. We are jumping into another one of these epis. Gross. I can't believe you just called it an epi. He's not 16, you know? Um, yeah, we're stoked about this episode. You know, a lot of our time together with you guys through this podcast has been talking about changing our gaze, changing our approach to how we think about our faith, how we read scripture, how we do any of these things. And as a result, we're trying to expose you to some different thoughts, different ideas that have been helpful for us and also that have been practiced all throughout time. And so for us, a big part of that has been spiritual practices. But I can just name one of my pitfalls is I often talk about these practices and the ideas of them, but let them just remain ideas that sound cool, but that I don't actually do, which defeats the purpose. So I know we've talked about some of these things over the the course of the 20 some episodes we've done together, but we thought today we might actually do one of those. So we want to start with some Lectio Divina. Cole? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, if you're interested in like another version of how you can read scripture or a way that to kind of understand it, we just did an episode like this episode 21, which is um, the things that defile. And so we just went through a passage and did it a different way. Wesleyan quadrilateral thing. Um, not going to go into that a ton here. If you want to, if you want to learn more about that, um, <laughs> you can, you can go back and listen to episode 21, but Lectio Divina is like a different style. And it's also seen as like a spiritual practice, a way to do some of this stuff. Um, and so Mike has about four kind of guidelines he's going to go over with us, and then we'll jump right into it. Yeah. So again, this is a um, spiritual practice that's been around since I think the sixth century, maybe a little bit earlier, but definitely then is one of the trademarks that people have associated with it. And there are different iterations of how you can do it. Uh, I'll tell you the general four steps and we'll kind of adjust that even for today. The first is Lectio, which means reading. And we're just going to read the passage, read it slowly, read it um, carefully, listen for intonation in, in voices and how you are interpreting a sentence should be read, get a sense of what the overall message of the text is, and listen for specific words and phrases that are sticking out to you for whatever reason. Then you take a moment to pause and maybe uh, as you're listening to this podcast, maybe you literally pause the episode. Uh, The second reading is typically what's called meditatio or reflection. You'll read it again. You'll listen for those words or phrases that strike you and consider this time, what are those words and phrases meaning to you specifically in your own life, not in its relation to the text? not how it illuminates the text, but how is it like illuminating your own approach to life or relationship with God? 
The third step is oratio or responding. And this is when you try to think about how God is speaking specifically to you now in this passage, and it's your time to respond to God in prayer. Um, we kind of frame this as the idea of like, what is God calling you to think about differently? Or how is God calling you to live differently as a result of what you're hearing? And then the final um, step is con- contemplate. Contemplate. Okay. Yeah. Contemplation. Final (laughs) contemplation. Yeah. All these (laughs) Latin people, Um, which is like about remaining. And it's simply sitting in silence after. Mm. And silence and solitude are two different spiritual disciplines as well. But this is a time to sit and remain in the presence of God. So we'll do a form of this and give instructions as we go. But that is, in general, what Lectio Divina is. It's a way that we're not just reading the Bible to say we read, you know, the entire Bible in a year, so we're, you know, doing the marathon pace. It's also not like a intense um, uh, commentary seeking or historical context, like dissection of every single word or, you know, a, a original language study. It, it's a way to practice being in God's presence and hearing how God might speak to you. Personally, for me. This was an important practice um, to replace typical devotions once I started to learn about some of the um, more academic sides of these texts, because it became hard to just go read five verses and just be okay with that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of Lectio Divina. All right. So as we jump into it, take a moment to be still. So we're going to read through this passage once, and all you're going to do right now is notice the words and phrases that might stick out to you or might just kind of just be stuck in your brain that you you can't move on from. Uh, So we're reading John 3, 1 through 21, and you can follow along with us if you would like. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter this a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without first being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, what we speak, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. 
And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that they may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. So after you take some time, maybe if you need a couple more minutes, feel free to pause this, but after you take some time, what are the words, phrases that stood out, whether it's from you reading it or hearing it from me, uh, that really kind of you get stuck on or just really are, are like highlighted in your brain? Mike and I will talk about ours. In three, two, one. <clears throat> um, yeah, this is totally one of those passages that are um, really common, at least uh, verse 16, of course, but this whole episode about baptism and everything is really significant to me. So um, a couple of the phrases that stood out to me, um, this from verse two, doing things apart from the presence of God, the amount of times Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, um, trying to emphasize his own uh, authority in some sense, uh, language of being born of spirit, Flesh of flesh is flesh, spirit is spirit. Um, and then also like talking about, I, I guess I just never noticed uh, verse 13. No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the son of man. And that, that title has been used multiple times, but I just never noticed Jesus talking about ascending into heaven other than the actual ascension itself. So there's a couple of phrases that stood out to me. How about yourself? I think for me, um, the fact that Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night um, is interesting because it's not like Nicodemus got off work, went home, fed his kids and like hung out with his family and then went to see Jesus. <laughs> like he's coming to Jesus at night because he's hiding he's going to meet this rabbi who he rightfully calls rabbi, which, um, you know, the Pharisees would kind of contend against. Um, so I think that's one of the things that stands out to me. Very true, very truly, uh, stood out to me a lot. And I'm also reading this book right now, um, called Holy Listening. And it's a book about spiritual direction, but it talks about this passage, which I hadn't gone back and read then. I just kind of am semi-familiar with it, but just the amount of birth language that's in it and mm. how <clears throat> like the writer of that book kind of um, almost compares Jesus in this moment to a midwife who 
is trying to lead somebody to this new place or like for a midwife, it's obviously like helping somebody through birth, uh, through the birth of a child, but how this is, um, this is almost like Jesus leading him to a new place. But in that, like there also has to be a new birth or a rebirth that happens. Um, so I thought that was really interesting to kind of read back through. And then also, I think it's just kind of, if you grew up in a, in a household that kind of like talked about memorizing scripture, there's so many verses in here that are staples to, to like that sort of, <laughs> those sorts of Christians or people of faith. And you don't recognize that it's always part of the same story. Right. That, that this is actually a very private conversation that Jesus is having with this guy, Nicodemus. And, you know, while I think we do that all the time with the, the letters of Paul and things like that, like it is, it does end up being for more than just that small conversation. Like we hinge basically all of Christianity and the evangelical world on one of one verse that uh, is actually Jesus repeating himself. It's not even the first time Jesus says it in here. Uh, I'm talking about John three sixteen, like, it's almost like him summarizing everything back together. He's like, so basically what I'm saying is, you know, and then goes through that verse. So I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah, that's good stuff. We'd be interested to hear what you guys, what words and phrases are standing out to you. But um, since this is a recording, uh, we can't do that. But maybe we transition. If anything, yeah, if anything stands out to you, you can, you can always share it on our Instagram. Yeah, that'd comment. be great. Um, let's get into the second reading here and see kind of what jumps out after hearing it. Remember the first steps about familiarizing yourself with the story, the text, etc. So now we know this is Jesus and Nicodemus, Jesus and baptism for God so loved the world, condemnation. Those are the big ideas. Mm -hmm. So let's start our second reading here. This is John chapter three. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said this to you. You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him and said, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I've told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, 
so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. So in this second reading, think about which of these words and phrases not only stick out to you for some reason, but specifically about how they are striking you in your specific particular life. What are the things that are kind of striking a chord where you are today? Again, you can pause us for a few moments as you think about that, um, but we're going to start responding in a few seconds. So, Cole, what uh, was standing out to you? Um, I had a couple of things, I think, that kind of stuck out to me. Actually, I actually have one thing that kind of goes back to the other question we asked before the or after the first reading. And that's like, I didn't realize how much of the, the Old Testament echoes there are in here too. Like obvious, the one I, that's pretty obvious is Moses lifted up the serpent. Like he makes a bronze snake and puts it on a stick. Um, and that's how people like are healed from these, these bites that they get. Um, kind of a weird passage in scripture that ends up being kind of uh, Christotelic in the way that it's, it's said. Um, telling of Christ in the future. Uh, but also the wind blows where it chooses. And like, that's actually been said before in Ecclesiastes where he's basically like the wind does whatever it wants and we're just chasing it. And it's just, it's meaningless. And how Jesus kind of turns that and says like, just because you don't know where it comes from, doesn't mean that it's uh that's necessarily a bad thing. Just because you don't understand what I'm saying, doesn't mean that I'm wrong in what I'm saying. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but specifically for myself, uh, in this, in this passage, one, I think the thing that's really standing out to me is there's a lot of times where Nicodemus goes, I don't understand. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get what you mean. I don't get it. (laughs) Um, and I just think that it's a, always a reminder to me that just because I might understand something and I'm not in any way sitting here claiming to be Christ in this, <laughs> like hearkening myself to Christ in this moment, but just the fact that just because I hold a truth doesn't mean anything or just because I, I feel like I've got a better handle on something doesn't actually mean anything uh, because at the end of the day, even in this moment, it's not good enough for Jesus to just know something. Jesus still continues to work with this person who doesn't have that understanding to help them get to the place where he's at. Um, and unfortunately, we don't get an answer. Like 21 ends and then it goes into 22 and 22 is like a whole new scene. So we don't get the answer of like, 
And Nicodemus understood completely and continued to follow Jesus after that moment. <laughs> right. Like we don't get that. Um, so I don't, yeah, that's just something that stood out to me. And then the other part is um, 20 and 21, I think are just helpful for me uh, as a reminder to just like, I'm tend to be more introverted. And I think I hide behind that just in, in my own heart with how I deal with anything. <laughs> and so while that's not a bad thing, sometimes I do do that to keep things to myself rather than to expose them to the light um, mm. where they can be transformed or where they have been transformed up to that point. So just kind of remembering that for me, that uh, sometimes if I get into a funk mentally or, or my attitude gets into a certain place and I, and I start to kind of go inward to myself, that's not always the best thing because it sometimes is me kind of keeping some of that hidden rather than sharing it with the world, I guess, or the people around me. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I think, um, yeah, a number of things that I'm thinking as you share some of that, which again is the value of Lectio Divina period, but also in community doing it. Um, Nicodemus, it, I know he's mentioned definitely at the crucifixion of Jesus because he helps um, prepare the body. And that's mm -hmm. in John's gospel specifically, because I think John's gospel is the only one that introduces Nicodemus, but there's like a phrase that says, and, and this is why I love when you're first reading, you pointed this out, Nicodemus, the one who came to Jesus in the night. And it's like, mm -hmm. like, that's kind of the cool, like, you know, superhero, I don't know, like tagline, <laughs> the one who came in the night, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but uh, yeah, just knowing on some level, he was still kind of associating himself with that crowd. So in, in a real way, Nicodemus is like the success story. Mm. Doesn't mean he stopped being a Pharisee the next day. Again, kind of calling back some of the stuff we talked about in the last episode, but rather that he had a new understanding of what it meant to be a Pharisee or a teacher. So I think that's interesting. On this second reading for me, the big thing that stood out was actually just the last phrase. Um, which to just read to you again, um, this is about doing stuff, either doing evil or doing things in the light. It says, those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. And in the language of um, Pharisees, the amount of things that people do in their lives that they say they're doing for God or for the ministry of God, but are they being done in God? Like in Greek, mm. that's a very different preposition. So it's definitely in God here. Um, so what does it mean to do something in God, like our deeds to be done in God? Because apparently we can have all the best intentions of the world and it not be done in God. We might think it's for God, but in fact, it's not for God. So I'm thinking about my own life. How many times do I think I'm setting something up? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing for God. And it's like, it might sound just like a semantic game, but I think it's really important to think what are the things in my life that are actually wrongheaded? Like I might have the intention of it being part of like living out my faith in a, an honest and proper way. And yet also could be doing the very opposite of what I hope mm -hmm. it is. 
And I think the Pharisees, like that's a, a perfect example here. And that's why Nicodemus is his character in this situation. But we all have the capacity to be that. Like in our last episode, we talked about how like the Pharisees didn't get it. And the disciples are like, yeah, the Pharisees are really upset about what you said. By the way, what did you mean? And she's <laughs> like, do you not understand either? Like, oh, yeah, my goodness. It to you too. <laughs> and you see that kind of phrase happen a lot in mm. um, the Gospels. And here we're seeing like we have to remember, like it could be us. So we mm. have to question ourselves are the deeds that we do in our lives drawing us towards the true light? And are they done in God or are they actually for some other motivation, some other reason? On the flip side, I think there's a lot of people throughout history and in our own lives that are doing something and not consciously doing it on behalf of God or in God. And yet God is using someone's actions Mm -hmm. and passions for his goodness. So it, it does change the way that I think about my own approach to my daily life though. And you know, I work in a church, so it's easy to think about it that that way. How many things do churches do saying it's for the ministry? And in fact, it's tirelessly spinning our wheels because it's not actually done in the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So that's where my I, mind I noticed goes. that too with uh, I noticed that too in verse 17 where he says, um, world might be saved through him. And that just like Paul uses a ton of language like that in Christos. Um, and so in Christ is, is is the term and the idea of it being that the only way that we get to be a part of this thing is in Christ in in the participation like so we actively then participate as if we are Christ which also means we have to emulate Christ which also means we have to be transformed by the teachings of Christ and so yeah and that all of that may be done in the name of God. Like, I think that that's just a beautiful way to kind of end or kind of bookend all of that, that, uh, all those teachings together. So we're going to do this a third time. Well, actually we're going to do this a third time on our own. So we're going to end this episode, but here's our encouragement to you. Uh, read through this one more time, this passage on your own, John 3, 1 through 21. And then the prompt is, Mr. Mike. I guess we'll combine uh, the last two steps because they're one and the same in, in one sense. This is the oration side of responding and then the remaining side. So be in prayer with God. Read this passage on your own with your own intonation, with your own pauses, and pray about the things that have stuck stuck out to you at this point. Talk to God about where these things are landing for you and why. And then give yourself, I don't care if it's 90 seconds or 10 minutes or an hour, but give yourself time to just sit in silence and do your best to not even be praying actively, not be actively saying things to God, but just sit and actively think about being in God's presence. That might be a weird way to think about being with God, but it's important for us to to try and, and cultivate that space where we are pursuing the presence of God, but not just with requests, not just with ideas, but just to be in his presence. Um, I think often we talk so much that it's hard for us to hear where God might be speaking. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll combine those last two steps uh, for you to leave this space 
um, with. But yeah. So now as we close this time, we'll close it a little bit differently. We don't care if you rate, review, all that stuff. <laughs> but we hope that you will uh, take this next action step. And as you go, may grace and peace lead you on.